What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Life's a Garden. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hope you're having a great day. If you wouldn't mind, please like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, Spotify. We are no longer on Apple Podcasts because my platform that I go through does not include Apple Podcasts anymore. So you can find us on Stitcher, uh, Outcast, Google Play, or Google Podcast, I think. Um, there's, there's a bunch of different platforms. Unfortunately, Apple Podcasts is no longer one of them. But if you wouldn't mind subscribing to one of those and following, rate, review, do all that, really helps us out. I want to start off this episode by reminding all of you out there to be yourself. Um, I think it's easy for us to see other people and want to mimic either the way they are, their success, or even if it's not just success, it's uh, something that they're that they do that you enjoy. You know what I mean? Or um, it's okay to enjoy things. You can enjoy that and not be that, if that makes sense. Um, I think you should, rather than try and mimic other people, lean into being more of who you are and the things that you're good at and the things that make you uniquely you. Um, I think some of us try and disguise who we are by hiding behind masks and trying to be what we're not. Instead, lean into who you are as an individual because that's unique in itself. I mean, obviously, if there's things that you don't like about yourself, you can change that because, I mean, you should always be who you want to be and be the person that you strive to be. But don't shy away from the things that make you who you are. The things you enjoy in life. Even if people think that they're silly or stupid, then those aren't the people you should be hanging out with. You know, if things make you happy, if there's things in life that you specifically enjoy, do those things, be a part of those things, and fill your life with that. Because that's what makes you you. And that's what I wanted to start off with today. Just a little reminder for everybody out there that the only person you can be is you and you should definitely lean into that and not let anybody dictate who you should be. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Um, got a lot, to, a lot of fun stuff to talk about, so we're going to start off right. Hit that intro music. It's episode 148. Of Life's a Garden. Yes, sir. Brand new episode, brand new week. Thank you so much for joining. First thing I want to start off with is sending out a huge thank you to everybody who came out this weekend to support, or I guess I should say last Thursday, on beautiful 420 uh, for coming out to Andy's, supporting the band, and supporting local music. To the few of you that did come out, 
We really appreciate it. Now, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be bitter. But it was a pretty weak turnout. Huge appreciation. Huge kudos to everybody that showed up on a Thursday night who wasn't sitting at home sparking a doobie and getting stoned and and vegging out on their couch. Appreciate you coming out. To those of you that said you were going to come out and didn't, the fuck? What happened? Thought we were going to have a good time. Now, I understand. It was a Thursday. I understand it, you know, Andy's isn't exactly a music venue. But I guess for me, I felt like I had a big responsibility in filling the place up because I kind of put my, not neck on the line, but I kind of put my uh, reputation, nah, not even that, that's, that's the wrong word. I gave my word, you know what I mean? I kind of gave my word that we had a fan base that was, and, I, and I'm not dissing our fan base by any means, I love our fans. We have great fans, great followers who come to a lot of shows. And for that reason, I expected a similar outcome. And so for that, I kind of uh, boasted the fact that we were going to be able to fill up the venue. And I understand it's a work night. There's other events going on. It's 420, which I know I've had 420 shows in the past. Let me just say this, 420 is stupid. It really is. You know why it's stupid? Because yeah, you can it's the day you can smoke it up and and post all your all your uh weed, your pot leaf pictures on your social medias and it's 420, bro. But guess what? You can do that any day. You don't have to reserve it for one day. There doesn't have to be one day that we smoke it up and and get high and talk about it. You can do that any day. The reason Christmas is so fun is because once it's over, it's over. We don't just keep giving presents. We don't just keep decorating Christmas trees. It's over. You can smoke weed on Christmas. And so therefore, 420 is kind of dumb. However, a lot of people like it. So I thought that would be a selling point for this show. Turns out, didn't really work out that way. Nonetheless, I am appreciative of the people that came out. I am appreciative of Andy's for allowing us to play. And I do want to give a huge shout out to both Do Fish Make Noise, who opened up. That's the second show in a row we've had them or that they have opened up for us. And uh, great young band. Check them out. And, of course, Axe and Ass, who uh, was the our middle act there, traveled from Helena, Montana. Go check them out. Dude, those guys, they killed it in, in the show as itself, but supplied sound and lights to which they operated the light show for us. And it's it's a huge difference. Like, 
adding lights to a show makes a huge difference. And so I just want to give a shout out to those guys for supplying us with the sound and the and the uh, lights and all that stuff. Please do me the favor of going and checking them out as a thank you to them from me. And so I just wanted to give them a shout out on that aspect. But and of course, like their their music and their performance was great as well. So it was just an all around great. The show itself was a blast. It was a little discouraging not having a sizable crowd. You know, it always helps boost the morale when you have more people to play in front of. Um, but I'm not going to overly di- be discouraged on that in the long run. Like, it is what it is. Not every show is going to be perfect. Not every show is going to be great. I think for me, too, the other thing that I will say about this show I just feel like even before the crowd, like, morale was kind of down for some reason. Like, I felt like a couple of the guys in the band just, the vibe wasn't there, you know? And that happens. It happens in everything. It happens in life. Some days you show up to work and you're ready to go. Some days you just aren't feeling it, right? Most of the days I'm not feeling it at work. But it's like athletes, you know? Sometimes athletes show up and they're not on their game because who knows what's going on in life or in their head or whatever. And I just feel like we had a couple of guys in the band that just, their their head was elsewhere or maybe they just didn't, it, it wasn't the day they felt like playing a show. Nonetheless, musically, I thought we did great. I thought we performed well. So nothing... Nothing to take away from that aspect of it. It didn't hinder the performance. I just felt like the energy level and like the vibe for us wasn't where it usually is. I think that kind of played into the the um, staying power of how we felt about the show in and of itself afterwards. But nonetheless, another show in the books... Much appreciation to everybody involved, and uh, yeah, please go check out both Do Fish Make Noise and Axe and Ass. Um, we we really appreciate them being a part of the show, and who knows, next time it'll be better. You always you always look to elevate and move up. You can always do better, no matter how things happen, whether they're good or bad. You can always look to improve. And so everything we do in life, everything we do as a band or anything that you do, look at it as an opportunity to get better at it. You can find you can always find things that you can improve on. So that's what I look at this as. It's just a learning curve. And we continue to learn. Uh continuing on with the band talk, finishing up record hopefully finishing up recording this weekend. We're we're getting the last two things. I will be going into the studio for my vocals. Little nervous about it, but honest, I'm nervous and confident. And you can be both, you know. You can be nervous and confident at the same time. And I think once I get that first one out, the nerves are going to drop pretty quick. So, excited to get that done. Um I also want to I know last week uh, talked a lot about the Denver trip, but there was things that we did not get to because there was just so much to cover. Um, I do want to thank Pow and Michaela again for being on the show last week. Um, pretty interesting experience to have taken the podcast 
on on the road for the first time. And you know what? It was a big learning experience as a whole. First of all, I want to apologize for the audio issues. It was the first time using directional mics, which I learned quickly isn't ideal. Okay? Clearly, like, these type of mics are the better the better uh, option. But the audio, I want to, yeah, I apologize for the audio. I, it was, it was great to be able to, it was, it was a fun experience. It was something different, you know? And the thing of it is, here's another thing, a learning experience. I I was going to save this as an, as a surprise, but I, I was planning on doing a podcast from Ireland. Right? Same situation. Me and Aaron, we were going to podcast and talk about our trip, how it was going in Ireland, and I think I'm going to abandon ship on that. I will obviously do a Ireland recap episode and talk all about the trip, but hauling this shit on an airplane is stupid. Like, it, there's so much equipment I have to take, even when I condensed it to the, that's why I condensed it to the uh, the directional mics, because I didn't want to take the, the arms and all the extra shit. It was a 20-pound bag, even with condensing it. And it takes up so much of my extra legroom that I've paid for, it's not even worth it. So, I am... Uh, Especially when I'm going for a five-day trip or a six-day trip, I'm going to want to pack extra stuff. And if I'm going to pack extra stuff on a carry-on, I don't have room for podcast equipment. So it was nice to have done like a trial run with taking the podcast on the road. That being said, I think I'm going to nix doing that in the future because of just the extra stuff that is involved and in this the travel aspect it's the it's the hauling of the equipment it wasn't ideal so unfortunately i will probably most i mean I, I could always change my mind but most likely i will not be doing a show from ireland sorry to say but i was glad i got to do one in denver um my home away from home it truly is it was a great time um didn't talk about, so we hadn't done the Nuggets game yet. We had recorded the podcast the day of the Nuggets game, but it hadn't happened yet. So I want to talk about that. What an experience. I've been, uh, last year, me and my brother went to a Nuggets Warriors game. And this time I made it a point. I wanted to sit in lower seating because anytime I've ever been to a hockey game or a football game, I've done both. I've sat up high and I've sat down low. And it's always better down low. So that's what we did. We sat down low. Um, My cousin Gabriel joined us, which was awesome. I'm so glad he got to be a part of that. We got some free shirts out of the deal. They they had these like light up wristbands. So like you see in certain uh, like concerts or uh, football games and stuff where like the whole crowd it like makes an image with the lights. It was a wristband that was doing that. Pretty cool. And obviously if you if you just look back at the score, the Nuggets absolutely dominated the Timberwolves. 
what a game to be at. Every player was just on point and great way to start the series. Great way to start the playoffs. Got to be there for it. It was electric. That's the best way I can explain it. Watching the the guys just drop threes, slam dunks, and down low, it is so much different. It, it, it really is. You get so much more of an experience. Anytime, if I could make any recommendation to anybody out there, if you are ever planning on going to an event, whether it's a concert, a comedy show, a sporting event, anything that's live entertainment, get the closer seats. Pay the extra money and get closer. It's You're going to get your money's worth, even if you lose, to be honest. Obviously, you want to win, but you're going to get your money's worth in the end because it's just that much more electric. Yeah, I was super glad that I got to go on that trip with Pal and Michaela. So glad they invited me. It was a blast. Another thing I learned on this trip was, and I don't remember if I actually mentioned this last week, so I'm just going to repeat it because it is worth repeating. One thing I learned on this trip was to not, it's okay to not be in control. In fact, it's not only okay to not be in control, it's almost better. You get a better experience allowing yourself to like go with the flow. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much for the most part, the only things that I had mentally planned to do for this trip were the hockey and basketball game. That was it. As far as where we were going to eat, where we were going to drink, the things we were going to do, that was on, I, I was leaving that up to them. And to be honest, it made the trip so much better for me. Like, w- there was a couple times we kind of just decided in the moment what we were going to do. There was no set agenda. It was kind of fun to be able to, like, just be like, oh, yeah, let's go here. Like, that sounds like a fun place, or that sounds like a good place to have breakfast. And it was great. Not only was it awesome because, it was spontaneous. It was awesome because we found some really cool places that we didn't like have to really pre-plan on. And it made it made not only did it make the trip feel funner, it made it feel longer because it was it it wasn't like a premeditated go 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 like you already kind of had it planned in your head and once the experience is over it doesn't feel as fulfilled because you already had such high expectations of what that was going to be like. When you do it in the moment, you're fully experiencing it as the moment is happening. So it feels like you're taking in more time, if that makes sense. So if there were, that's another thing I got to say is go with the flow. Just don't, don't have too many things premeditatively planned. There was a few things that we had planned that just kind of fell through and we, and we were just like, we went with the flow. We were going to go on a brewery tour, but, uh, our lunch was taking a little longer. So we just decided to stay, enjoy our lunch, not rush it. Even with food, I, I, I was prompted to try different foods that I normally wouldn't and was pleasantly surprised. Go outside of your comfort zone. I've talked about this fairly recently. Reach outside your comfort zone and you will be surprised at what you find you enjoy and the things that you maybe closed yourself off to and were very like closed-minded about. If you broaden your horizons just a little bit, you may surprise yourself into the 
finding out the things that you maybe didn't know you liked. So that was a very interesting part of this trip. Another thing I want to mention is the comic book store. We, we did not touch on that last week, which I have to make mention of. First time ever going to Mile High Comics. And this is like the big store. There's multiple Mile High Comics in Denver. But the Mile High Comics store is the big warehouse. They got big old statues in there of like Iron Man and Spider-Man and things like that. Major collectible items. We saw like $500,000 comics. They had the the Spider-Man number one in there for like $250,000. Signed comic books, signed memorabilia, a bunch of little statues of comic book characters, anime characters. It was, we, we were there for a couple hours. We went to the uh, Denver Art Museum, which was very interesting. This was a very similar experience, like just browsing around and just kind of like seeing these essentially artifacts. There was like collectible toys and collectible trading cards, things like that, like all kinds of different stuff. And they had like horror themed stuff from like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and all that stuff, like different horror genre stuff, sci-fi, Star Wars, um, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, all that stuff. They had Power Ranger stuff. Uh, they had a display case full of old Ninja Turtle toys. And I got to be completely honest with you. I was looking at those toys. These are all the toys I had as a kid. And they're the original the original molds for the Ninja Turtle toys. And there's a ton of them, right? I used to have the turtle van. They didn't even have the turtle van there. But they had like, they had all, so they had Michael, or Leonardo, Donatello, and Raphael. They did not have Michelangelo. If they had Michelangelo, I would have dropped a Benji on those toys. They weren't even that much. They were like eight bucks a toy. I would have, because they weren't in the packages. But I still would have bought them. Just because of nostalgia. I'm sitting there looking in this case and seeing toys that I had forgotten that I had. I knew certain ones I, I, that I had remembered. But there were certain ones that I was like, oh shit, I had that one. And I started getting kind of emotional. Because I was like just being like flooded with... with um. I don't know, like like a really deep nostalgia. There's certain there's levels to nostalgia is something I've kind of learned because that hit a note that just I was not prepared for. I'm sitting there just staring at these toys. They're just plastic, right? And that visual brought me immediately back to being six years old and playing with my Ninja Turtle toys. It was a very, like, almost spiritual feeling. Like a spiritual um, interaction that I was a part of. And not just that. I saw old Dragon Ball Z toys in the packages. Like, even just seeing the artwork on the packaging brought back memories. Of walking down a Kmart aisle and being like, Oh, this is one I really need. or, Or not even need, but this is one I've been really wanting. And, like, just seeing the display and all that. It's very therapeutic, almost, to, like, 
be brought back to that time when it's like these this was a very meaningful time in my life as a kid and in some ways i i feel like i just never have let go of that being a kid feeling for who knows what deeply issued trauma i have that makes me want to just hold on to that and continue to watch cartoons as a kid as an adult and still watch animes from when i was a child and collect comic books and play video games you know there's obviously there's definitely less of that in my adult life but there's a part of me that wants to embrace it still and like i said there's probably some very deep seated issues in my past that make me want to hold on to that or who knows there's something there but to see that stuff it really it really was emotional it was an emotional experience and i loved it it was one of my favorite parts of the trip was to be able to not only go there because it's always been something on my list of things to do in denver a place i've been multiple times and i don't know it was uh i finally got to check that off my list so that was one of my top things that we did in denver um uh also my first time flying to denver since the first time i flew to denver like as in i flown to i flew to denver when we went to nashville but it was the first time flying to Denver to stay in Denver, if that makes sense. I mean, it obviously makes sense. I don't know why I said that. But, <laughs> um, and it's just, it's the way to go, man. It's, a, it's like an hour and 15 minute flight. That's it. The time it takes to get to the airport and go through TSA, which by the way, Fucking, like, the TSA in Billings is a piece of cake, okay? The line was, I don't know. When they say get to the airport two hours early, they are only talking about DFW and and DIA and LAX and fucking New York. You know what I mean? They're only talking about the giant airports. They are not talking about Logan International Airport because the line was hella long. It wasn't even that long. By hella long, I mean like 20 people. And I was in there and I had I had to wait for like 40 minutes before I had to board my plane. I could have showed up 20 minutes before my before they boarded and I would have been there on time. My anxiety wouldn't allow me to do such a thing. But TSA is so chill up here. They're just like, everybody's just like so nice and 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 piece of cake. Denver, on my way back, dude, couldn't have been more rude. Like, there, and I'm like in a fucking, I, I walked because they do the stupid back and forth thing with like the, with like the rope. I walked like a mile to get 
from to get 20 feet where I needed to go. Like 20 yards. It was like 20 yards from TSA to the door. And it took me a mile to fucking get there. And the second we get right up to the line, the guy's like, uh... The TSA are, like, yelling at the entire crowd, saying, like, you don't need to put the, like, you you don't need to take stuff out of the bag. Make sure you put your, like, treating them like idiots. Make sure you put your shoes here. Take the belt off. Like, hello, idiots. Don't you know what you're supposed to do? What if it's somebody's first time flying and they literally have, have no idea what they're supposed to do? TSA in Billings here, we got, like, nice technology. You don't got to take your your uh, fucking laptop out. You don't got to take... One line with uh, DIA was saying, leave the laptop in the bag. The line I got into was like, you have to take the laptop out. I'm like, what the fuck is it? Have all the machines be the same, okay? The one, the one line had a different machine than the one I was in. Have the same fucking machine, all right? What are we doing here? You got one guy yelling this thing, and you got this guy yelling the other thing. No wonder people are fucking confused, and then you yell at them like they're idiots. TSA in a big in, at a big airport would be the most miserable job just next to the DMV. But anyway, flying is still the way to go, regardless of how long it takes to get to the airport, and you got to go through TSA and wait for your plane and all that, still so worth it because that drive is just mind-numbing. It's maddening, especially on the way back because you've already had your fun and now you just want to get home. And who wouldn't take an hour and 15 over eight and a half with traffic, with construction? Fuck all that. I'll take a little bit of turbulence any day. And we had a lot of turbulence on the way into Billings. And I was clutching my seat. The worst thing, okay, I got on the plane heading back home and I'm dying of thirst. I just want a little cup of water, all right? But, of course, I got to wait for us to get up in the air and stabilize so that they can bring the drink cart around. Well, my ass nodded off. I wake up. I see the drink cart. I'm like, oh, shit. Perfect timing. I'll get my water and enjoy the rest of the flight because I was dead ass tired. And then the cart goes right by me. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I look over to to the two people next to me. Both of them got drinks. So I woke up right as the drinks got delivered. And so I went the rest of the flight with fucking cotton mouth. Not because I was practicing 420, bro. But here's a thought I had, okay? An interesting thought that came to my mind while I was on this plane. Is is flight not time travel? Wouldn't you consider flying... Let's just put it this way. Wouldn't you consider advanced forms of travel time travel? It's not just location travel. Like you're not just you're literally heightening 
the speed in which you get from one place to the next. We we talk about time travel like it's like it's linear, like like it's like w- when people discuss time travel, we talk about going back in time or going forward in time. Like I'm going to go back to the fucking Roman era, or I'm going to go time travel back to prehistoric times to see what things were like, or I'll go to the future and see what you know 2034 has to offer. But isn't driving time travel in a way? I mean, think of it this way, okay? People used to travel by stagecoach. The fastest form of travel that humans had adopted was horse. Horse and buggy. Or walking. That was considered the fastest form of travel. It would take, so to get from here to Denver, Colorado, to get from Billings, Montana to Denver, Colorado, would have taken a month. It would have maybe taken multiple months. So if you, if you took a car, if you took a fucking 2000 for Nissan Sentra to the 1800s and showed them that, they'd look at it like it was a time machine. Because you're, cha- you're literally changing the fact that it takes somebody a month and a half to get from point A to point B and and reducing that to 8 hours. And then you say to them, "Wait, hold hold up there. Oh wait, don't we got more. There's more. Airplanes. Check this thing out. You what used to take you a month and a half? Now it takes an hour and 15 minutes. So this other thing that was eight hours, we've reduced it even further to an hour and a half. And if you act now, we'll throw in an extra 15 minutes of free time. Like, that's an offer you can't refuse. So if you look, if you took a fucking pilgrim and you said check out this car, or check out this airplane, or, hey, they didn't even stop there. Bullet train. They were like, fuck flying. Flying takes too long. You gotta get up and then down and in and out of the plane. Let's get on a train that's already on a track and just boom. We'll get there in 20 minutes. We keep advancing the rate in which we can get from point A to point B. And that, in and of itself, is time travel. Like I was saying, if you took a fucking pilgrim from the 1800s and showed him a plane, they would look at it like it's a time machine. Because 
It is. Time doesn't necessarily, like, if you're saving time by, like, even, even think about it from a, from a more condensed situation. What would take me a couple hours to walk from my house to downtown takes me 10 minutes. The amount of time that that is saving is you're traveling faster in time. It's time travel. We've already invented time travel. I don't need to go back and see the dinosaurs. All I need is to get to Denver in an hour. That's what I'm I'm cool with that. That's enough time travel for me. And once they inevitably invent teleportation, that's the pinnacle. If I can literally step into a pod and be from here to Dublin, Ireland in seconds, in in zero time, it's over. That's as much time travel as I ever need to just be able to get to any point on the earth like that. That's the time travel I want. Don't give a fuck about going to the future or going to the past. Do not care about that. Time movies are bullshit because there's, it's always convoluted in some way, shape, or form. There's always some kind of convolution. The real time travel already exists. Planes, trains, and automobiles. That's it. We've already done it, folks. Cheers to inventing time travel. I fucking figured it out. I figured it out all on my own. Um, another thing real quick before I get off the Denver topic, ultimately. I've, I've said the past. I'm 29, alright? Keep in mind, I'm still of the age where most adults think about changing scenery, wanting to move, wanting to do travel and things like that. And up until now, I have very, very staunchly thought that I would never want to or be able to live in a big city such as Denver and Denver probably would be my location of choice if I were to move to a big city most mostly because population uh, um uh traffic crime uh, ideologies Things like that are most of the things that would keep me from really enjoying a big city. On the opposite side, a lot more entertainment, events, um, just way more things to do. And ultimately, I decided, you know, I was never going to be, I would never be able to handle that and enjoy that the way others do. Until this trip. We stayed in an Airbnb, which is not really typically my go-to option. I prefer a hotel. But having stayed in an Airbnb, 
it gives you more of that in-home feeling. You go to a neighborhood. You drive through more residential areas. It's not just downtown. And I was thinking to myself, like, it was it was a little bit, it, it, it made it a little, okay, it painted the picture better for me to be able to think I could actually live here. And I thought to myself, for the first time ever, well, not the first time ever, but the first time in the last six, seven years, I thought to myself, I actually do think I would enjoy living here and that I could live here. Now, there are extenuating circumstances in my current living situation, in my current life, that make that very difficult for me to abandon. I, I would... I would not be able to just up and do that. That being said, I have no I have I used to have a very heavy attachment to my home. I no longer really feel that way. I could move out of this home anytime. I've already talked about it. I've already thought about moving into a a different home here in Billings. I don't really have that attachment anymore. The only real thing like my friends, that was another very hard thing, like that was a thing that was anchoring me to Billings, was my friends and my family. Now, my family is still part of that, even though uh, like a good majority of my family I've become very distant with, or not, I, I guess distant isn't the right word, but we're not like super close. We're not so close that it's tying me down. Pretty much the only one is my mom. My dad's already passed. My mom's pretty much the only one that kind of keeps me here more than any other family member. And my cousin Aaron. But he's part of the band, which is the other thing. Now, before I get to the band, friends. Friends were a big attachment for me. Now, a lot of my friends are getting married, moving away. They're starting their own lives. I see my friends little and less and less as time goes on. I don't really have that attachment anymore. I will always be friends with them, but if I'm going to be friends with them over a, like over text and phone, I could do that anywhere in the world. The band is the other major attachment. And if I didn't truly believe in this band, if I didn't truly believe that this band was something to stick to, not only to stick with, but that could actually be something, even if it's just something that I can be proud of. Whether we make it big or not, that's not really the thing. It's more like, I believe in this to be something that I will look back on and be proud of in a time of my life. And I'm not willing to let that go. So, with that being said, if for any reason the band were to break up the combination of the band breaking up and my mom passing away if those two things took place i would not even really hesitate and i would actually i i would move to denver for maybe a year or so just to check it out just to try it out and see how i like it i would give it a trial run absolutely i'd pack all my stuff right now and and or 
maybe sublight my home for a year. I don't know. I'd make some kind of arrangement, see how I like it. I I would be willing to do that right now. Now that that's not to say that my opinion could change. Obviously, I have recency biasy, having just been there. But this might have been one of the most enjoyable times I've spent in Denver. It wasn't chaotic. Because normally when I'm in Denver, it's go, 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 go. A lot of busy activity, a lot of traffic. I didn't feel that this time. We weren't in those areas. We took back roads, you know? It was a lot easier to get around. And so, my opinion may have changed a little bit about the idea of potentially living in a bigger city. So, that's all I got to say about that. That was just another thought I had. Definitely not saying I will. I'm just saying the possibility is more relevant than it than it ever has been. Um, moving on. Talked a lot about Denver stuff as I did last week, but let's talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. I have not seen it, but I definitely want to. It is the it was the highest grossing animated movie on opening weekend of all time beating out Frozen I believe which was number 1 Frozen 1 or Frozen I think maybe Frozen 2 was number 1 I don't remember and it is the highest grossing v- movie based on a video game no real surprises on either of those for me mainly because Mario is so popular and it's particularly popular in Japan and Asia in general. And Asians love movies. So that doesn't that aspect doesn't necessarily surprise me. Um it's Illumination is the production company, so it's not Disney, it's not uh Pixar or Dreamworks. Illumination, I think the only real property they have that's like their juggernaut is Despicable Me and the Minions. I think they had like maybe one other one that was like the Grinch movie. They, they I think they do some of those Dr. Seuss movies. But now they are in the Nintendo game. No pun intended. Um, which is pretty exciting because I, I wasn't sure what to think of this based on the information I had been given, you know, knowing the cast, knowing it's a, it's a, it could easily have been fucked up. Let's just say that they could have easily fucked this up. And apparently the reviews are in and it's great. Okay. And therefore I'm excited because they are already teasing the possibility. It's not confirmed as far as I understand, but it would be absolutely brilliant for them to make a Nintendoverse. You get you get a Donkey Kong movie, Star Fox, Zelda. Do you know how good a fucking Zelda movie would do? Uh, you can do Metroid, Kirby, and then you culminate it all with a Super Smash Bros. movie. Super Smash Bros. is one of the most popular games of all time. And then you combine them all, to, you, you put them all together. 
a Zelda like a Zelda and Star Fox movie would be so epic because you could make them, you know, they they could have their comic reliefs, but those would have to be a little bit more serious as opposed to how I imagine this Mario movie is. I I, I get the feeling the Mario movie is a little bit more comical, which makes sense, but there's there's got there's bound to be some like notes of serious moments or dramatic moments in the in the cartoon or in the uh, movie but i have to see it to to find out but i think it would be epic for them to do a nintendo verse now on the topic of this mario movie it wouldn't you know you know i'm going to say that i wouldn't be bringing this up if i didn't have something to add to it it's doused in controversy. Who'd be who would have known a successful kids cartoon and it's doused in controversy. Not in the way you would probably think based on how most entertainment is nowadays. People are f- pissed off and I'm not this is a majority of or a minority of people that are pissed off, but the the loud voices on Twitter and Facebook and all this are pissed off because it, it's not woke enough. Because they didn't have any gay characters or black characters or X, Y, and Z. First of all, it's based on a video game, a story, a, a product that's already established. They've already established none of these characters are gay. They've established none of these characters. I mean, as far as I can tell, they I mean, from the previews, Peach is kind of a strong woman character, which she kind of already is in the in the games. I guess she's kind of the damsel in, in distress per se. But it seems like she they kind of make her a bad bitch in this in this movie, from what I could tell. So that's kind of wokey, isn't it? The thing of it is, as I already mentioned, Japan is a major market for this movie. And guess who don't fuck around with woke shit? Asians. They're surprise surprise, for the most part, I'm not saying Asian people, but Asian countries, especially China, they're not really down with the woke stuff. So you would imagine they're not going to put it in there. Now the other thing people are complaining about, this is completely different than the whole woke shit. They're upset that Chris Pratt voiced Mario. Personally, I thought it was kind of an interesting, possibly odd choice. It didn't surprise me because he's a famous actor. The dude's a superstar. So it wouldn't surprise me that they would want to cast a superstar to play a superstar character. He has experience in like the Lego movie, which was a huge success. And somewhat of a recognizable voice, you would say. Oh, God. Hang on. I'm actually going to answer this on the podcast. Hey, what's up, man? You're on the podcast. Oh, 
buddy. Oh, you're good? I was like, should I answer um, this? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to answer this on the podcast. <laughs> Hey, um, uh, what time are you guys going to Hooligans then? Uh, we're going to get down there at like... The game. The game starts at 7.30, so we're going to get down there at 7. Yeah, I've seen that. Word. Do you guys want to stop at Hank's first, maybe, and have a beer there, and then go over there? Uh, you know I'm down. I'm... You can, okay. you can, uh, shoot Kevin a call and ask him, and then we'll make a plan. All right. Cool. All right, say goodbye yeah. to uh, everybody on... Say goodbye to everybody in podcast Bye, world. Bye, everyone. Life's <laughs> garden. Take it, brother. <laughs> I'll see you later. All right. I'll see you. Okay. Oh, gosh. Gotta love putting people on the spot. Even though he interrupted my beautiful Mario rant. It's all good. That was Craig. Everybody knows Craig. He's been on the show before. Anyway. So. People are upset about Chris Pratt. The vo- voicing... Mario. Um, like I said, superstar guy has done voice acting experience or with the um, Lego movie. Now, the thing of it is, you, w- you would assume he would try to mimic a Mario character's voice. He just does his own voice, right? He didn't really try to do anything different. To that point, yes, it's a little annoying that he didn't even try to do an Italian accent or anything, but somebody on Reddit made a decent point saying that it would probably get pretty annoying hearing let's go, you know, all for, for an hour and a half long movie that would get pretty annoying quickly. These people aren't idiots. They know what they're doing. Okay. I'm not upset with the casting choice at all. It, it is what it is. If you want the the original Mario voice, you got the games. Go go play the games. You know what I mean? So that didn't upset me at all. Um, This is something that I saw. And, of course, you don't want to believe everything you see on the internet. So I won't. But what I saw was John Leguizamo, who I believe was in the original live-action Mario movie. I'm not sure about that per se, but I believe he was. John Leguizamo said something to the effect of it's disgraceful that they didn't cast a Latino person to play Mario. Well, that makes absolutely no fucking sense. The character of Mario is an Italian plumber from Brooklyn He's being voiced by an American from California, and you want him to be played by a Latino. What part of that makes any sense? Now, I don't know Chris Pratt's background. Maybe he is Italian. But if he's not, who gives a fuck? He's not. Mario isn't Latino. I know maybe you could see that but he's actually surprise surprise italian so i don't know if john leg was almost just dumb as fuck or the people who made the original uh movie are dumb as fuck the wor- at worst he could have been played by somebody from brooklyn 
I mean, in reality, if you wanted him to be played by an Italian person, who would you want? What are we going to do? We're going to cast Al Pacino to play Mario? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a me, Mario. Let's go. Wahoo. Hoo. Then you get like Joe Pesci to play uh, Luigi. Oh, these fucking. <laughs> I can't do a very good Joe Pesci. Uh, let me see here real quick. I got to try it now. I already put myself in the spot. Uh, Koopa Troopas, Paratroopas, who gives a fuck? That's pretty good. These Goombas, huh? We fucking stomp on the heads, huh? Fuck these Goombas. We stomp on the heads. That was terrible. But Joe Pesci. Yeah, you play. You get Joe Pesci to play fucking Luigi. Is that what you're going to do? And then you still get Seth Rogen to play Donkey Kong, of course. <laughs> fucking, uh, could you imagine if they would have cast a black person to play Donkey Kong? That probably wouldn't have gone over well at all, would it have? But let's be pissed that Chris Pratt's playing Mario. Who gives a fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I, I'm all, I am on board for Al Pacino playing Mario. That sounds like something I would enjoy. Wahoo! Hoo Or De Niro, huh? Like, let's see. Can I can I pull off a De Niro? These mushrooms, huh? You want these mushrooms? These mushrooms make you. These mushrooms make you grow. This one give you extra life. Mushrooms? We're talking about mushrooms? Yeah. At least I nailed the Al Pacino one. Huh? Oh, and also. Cannot forget to talk about the gem, the absolute gem of a human that is Jack Black. Of course, adding just that little bit of extra flavor, playing Bowser. And who couldn't mention Peaches, 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 Peaches. I love you. The song that's taking the world by storm. Peaches. By Jack Black as Bowser. Jack Black is a fucking gem of a human being. And it cannot go unnoticed. I, I want to, I'll, I'll close the show just by saying this. Because I talked about the music stuff earlier today. I talked about the band, the show. I talked about how the band is very much a part of what's holding me here and a very strong attachment for me. It's it's come to my... It's, I've concluded that Jack Black is heavily responsible in inspiring me to be a musician or to be in a band, to want to perform live music, not because of Tenacious D, which is amazing in and of itself, 
Not because of the pick of destiny. Because of School of Rock. The movie School of Rock maybe isn't single-handedly, but it is immensely responsible for inspiring me to want to be in a band and be a musician. Because that movie came out at the same time I was the age of those kids. And it made me believe that I could do it. Like, if these kids can do it that are my age right now, why couldn't I do it? And that's when the dream started. Since since that time, I've been wanting to be uh, a singer and a musician and just part of a band. That movie is a huge part of what inspired me. So, a huge thank you to Jack Black for... I mean, who would have thought, right? Normal, you know, normally you get inspired by a live show or another band that you hear, which I have been, but the thing that made me want to do music was the movie School of Rock. So, hats off to Jack Black. He's a gem of a human being. He's still to this day one of the most funny and humble people that you can see and you got to love it. So, definitely going to go watch that Mario movie. Got to check that out. And that's how we're going to close the show, folks. Thank you so much for joining me. Much appreciation. And um, thank you to everybody who came to the show one more time. I do appreciate that. Flying is time travel. We figured it out. We figured that shit out. It, it, we've already done it. Congrats to the humanity. Uh, don't forget to be yourself. Be true to yourself and never let that go. But most importantly, never forget, life's a garden. Dig it. You've got to, you've got to.